Hey everyone, it's Dr. Tim and Hillary, our social media coordinator, another Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. And today we're going to talk about how to prep your tank for going away on vacation. We're all looking to get out as COVID wanes and get vaccinated. So you're going to want to go someplace, but you've got the tank. What do you do and how can you prep it so everything will be great while you're gone and you won't come back to a disaster. How are you doing this morning, Hillary? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm I'm very eager to like get out and, you know, some of these trade shows are about to start up in the next month, two months. So I'm ready to get back to being out and exploring and going on trips. Yeah, we've got Reef of Palooza coming up and then Aquashella and then another Reef of Palooza in California. So uh yeah. Getting back into this the swing of things, seeing people and talking fish and corals and uh, things like that. It's going to be exciting. Yes. yes. Now, I, I don't, you don't have tanks at home, but I got to say like one of the, the, as much as I love to travel, like one of the biggest sources of anxiety for me when I travel is whether or not my fish tanks are going to be okay while I'm gone. Cause I've got, I've got three tanks right now and you know, if you haven't had fish, if you've not kept fish or corals or anything like that, knowing that when you leave, your tank is going to be in good hands, that whoever is watching for it, they're not going to overfeed, you know, they're not going to put something in, they're not going to like put lotion on their hands and then like put their hands in their tank or try and clean the tank or any number of crazy things that could possibly happen <laughs> while you're away that they might not be aware of. So yeah. I think this is a good topic to talk about. And some we haven't even thought about, but you know, could happen. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I was reading on Facebook and some guy said his wife called him and that their son had poured milk into their fish tank. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. And what should she do? <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't hear the conclusion or read the conclusion of that, but oh, at gosh. least these days with video cameras, if there's a problem, the person taking care of your tank can turn on their camera and show you what's going on. Uh, you know, that's that's a really good point, actually, yeah. having those cameras on there. And I know some people already have them. Um, Felix Smart, they have part of their system is having a camera in the tank that you can turn on and off. So I always thought like, that's probably my favorite part about that whole system is the fact that there's a camera that you can turn on when you're not there and like, oh, hey, how are my fish doing? What's going on? And you can kind of troubleshoot from afar, I guess. Right. And, and there are alarm systems. I mean, the Neptunes and others. So if, if you have a tank that you've invested a lot of money into, it probably is a really good idea to get one of these systems that can monitor temperature and other things basic things and with an app on your phone send you an alarm so you're getting proactive instead of having to react that something's already happened you know you can see that things are going in the wrong direction and get someone over there to help so that's maybe the first tip is consider you know investing in some type of like a camera system a monitoring system in an app and stuff like that and you want to do that way ahead of time Yes. Like anything electronic, <laughs> trying to put it up, you know, trying to put it together the night before you're going on vacation is not going to get you in the mood for going on vacation. No. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's funny. So I've got some notes for this and my checklist is like the things to do before you go. And I've got a timeline kind of like mentally in my head. This is what I do. Like 
this is how far out you need to start preparing for leaving. Like you don't want to do some of these things right before you go. Right. And that's part of the reason this podcast is start thinking about it now, folks, because if you're thinking of going someplace, you know, July, August, it's going to be here soon. And uh, you want to get this thing all planned out and prepped now. Yes. So the first thing, let's see, that you want is, let's say something bad is it does happen and you've yep. lost electricity and the water is static. What you want to do is minimize oxygen consumption because that's what your corals and your fish are going to need. Yes. So, so one thing, maybe working a little backwards, it's going to be hard in my mind to do a timeline, is uh, <laughs> clean, clean out the tank really well. Clean the filter pads, clean the, the substrate, just get rid of as much organic material as you can, because when the electricity goes out or a pump breaks or something, that is what's going to consume a lot of the oxygen in the system. So yeah. leave some time in your planning to clean the tank uh, before uh, before you leave. Yeah. And I, I like, I don't know, I like to do this at, like, at least a week out. I know some people do water changes on a regular basis, but, you know, I feel like if I, especially if I'm doing a big, like what I call like a deep clean, you know, if something happens or if you stir up a lot of stuff in the water, you've got a couple days to kind of like check and adjust that. So you're not just doing a big deep clean and then leaving. You won't know if something happens. So if you give yourself a couple of days buffer. Yeah, definitely a couple of days. Yeah, a couple of days buffer. And then uh, cut, maybe cut back on the feeding. Most, most people do overfeed their fish and the fish are going to be fine feeding once a day instead of twice or half the amount. They'll be okay. So as you said, three days out you know, or three, four days, clean up the system. Don't do, don't wait until the day before the night before. I've said that now twice. No. I'll probably say it three or four more times. <laughs> Not a good thing. Yeah. And, and in prepping, the other thing is say, say the, you know, something's broke, a pump is gone out. All right. Make sure you have some emergency backup equipment, like a battery operated uh, pump. You know, we have, we have those here in the lab because um, we have generator, we have battery operated air pumps because now in California, if they just think there might be a wildfire, they've gotten proactive and they turn the electricity off. And last year, our electricity here in the uh, warehouse and office was off for three and a half days. So... Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that was it's kind of terrifying. Yeah, a little bit terrifying. It's like, but but the you know, a simple battery operated air pump uh can do wonders. You just kind of get oxygen. That's the number one thing is get some oxygen into the system. Um yeah. corals can survive a couple of days without lights. The fish don't need lights, um, something like that. Uh, which, which you've got to remember what you're going to do. You're going to hire a friend, a neighborhood kid, convince a buddy with a six pack of beer, you know, or something to come over and feed your, you know, take care of your fish. You got to make things simple because that person most likely is not a fish person. So <laughs> let's keep it simple here. Make sure you've got stuff labeled. Uh, yes. Again, a video, you know, you can show them. It's not hard. Throw the airstone in there and 
put the air pump above the water line, not below, and turn it on, you know, and show them how to do that and leave instructions. Um, yep. Yeah. And it's, it's the same with, you know, what, what is generally the number one problem of having someone help you while you're on vacation with your fish? It's overfeeding. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, a pinch or a little bit about that will eliminate the guesswork. Uh, yes. A pinch for me could be, you know, yeah, uh, something entirely different from somebody else. Exactly. I actually have like little Tupperware containers, like little small circular containers that are like perfect for snacks. But anytime I go away, I've got like a set for each of the tanks and I'll just portion out all of the food that I need to be fed. And I'll be like, all right, day one, day two, day three, don't put anything else in the tank except for what's in this container. Exactly. You know, here's, here's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, label it, make it very clear. Uh, and one benefit we have, uh, you know, we is uh, our Dr. Tim's beneficial fish food kit, which makes the cubes so yep. that you can make the food, put it in the freezer in bags and look at this is five cubes. People can exactly. count, you know, this is exact. This is what you put in. It's not a pinch. It's discreet. Five cubes for this tank, three cubes for that tank, whatever it's going to be. It's all there. So there's no guesswork in it. Eliminate the guesswork because the person taking care of your tank, they're trying to do you a favor, but they're probably pretty uh, scared about the whole thing too. And it's, you know, it's like, I don't want to screw this up, but I'm trying to help, but I really don't know what I'm doing. Yep. Yeah. No, the most guesswork that you could take out for everybody, the better. I once, <laughs> I had a freshwater puffer fish that was like my pride and joy in college. And I went home over a break and I left instructions for somebody. And I kid you not, <laughs> it was probably like three pages handwritten on loose leaf. And they looked at it and they're like, Hillary, are you serious? <laughs> I don't want anything to happen. I've got all of the scenarios covered. Anything from power outages to hurricanes and earthquakes. Yeah, so. that's just intimidation right there. And they're going, I'm never going to volunteer for this again. <laughs> yeah. So, it was a very large case of beer. That. Yeah. So as they say, the KISS principle here, keep it simple, stupid, and yep. you know, make it easy and, and not intimidating for your person. So instructions what they need to do just simple here's the food here's when you feed uh if if something goes wrong call you know most people aren't going to know what to do so the, just call me and yeah. you have your video ready you can look and troubleshoot things um Exactly. But you you should make sure that your tank, like we talked about, clean, but also connections, check your heaters, check any of the dosers, have all those full and topped off, right? And are there certain things you're doing that maybe you could, you know, depending on, on the length of your uh, vacation, maybe you could turn off, maybe you could not do right now, you know, to, to just take out any of the complexity which doesn't may not see complex to you but to the person taking care of your your tank can be very intimidating yes and you know something else um when we're talking about things to check like the lights the timers heaters any sort of dosing things check your ground probes um 
you would hate for something like to realize that it's gone bad or whatever, like just check to make sure that's working too. Come back to a bunch of dead fish or very hurt fish. Right. And, and that's the same with, um, you know, you should have some backup equipment. What, what heaters, think about what fails or has potential to fail, uh, kind of Murphy's law, you're gone. Something's going to happen. Uh, have backup, some backup equipment, backup heater, maybe. Um, I think it's wrong to impose upon someone of having them do a water change or maintain, you know, do maintenance. If you're gone that long, maybe you need to talk to a service company that's a little bit more professional about that. <laughs> yes. Um, but certain things, you know, maybe have some backups uh, available and uh, everything clearly labeled and cleaned up, you know, so that the system doesn't uh, look like, where do I got to find this? What do I do? You can have things labeled. Yes. Uh, and this is something else I like to do. If I, you know, if it's somebody that's not familiar with any of my tanks, I'll have them come over to the house, it, like, you know, once or twice if they're not comfortable and walk them through like, hey, this is what I do. This is where all of these things are at. Do you have any questions? And that way they can see versus, you know, if you've got it just written out in instructions, like, you know, like where they'll know, like, hey, the sump is, well, they've never taken care of a tank with a sump. They're going to have no idea yeah, what, what the a sump, sump is. Yeah. So yeah, definitely you have to have them come over and do a dry run at least once, if not twice of uh, where different things are. And uh like I said, you can even have a picture and a label things. We still have that here in the in the warehouse and in the lab. Uh, it's just good technique to have that done. And now I said, you know, it's imposing to do water changes, but you do have evaporation, and I think people can add water. But you got to make that clear what type of water. You know, not, yes. you don't want them just going to the sink and filling up water or something like that, because you got to remember, they don't know what they're doing. Right. So uh, no. you want me to put water in the tank? There's a sink and a faucet that come. I got water. So yep. uh, clearly label that if you've got some you know, DI water, if you want salt water, whatever you want in there, it should be clearly labeled and easily accessible of where and even where to put it. Yes. And make sure to, you know, I know some of us that like, I'm used to lifting big five gallon jugs of water on a regular basis, but not everybody is. And those things are heavy. So put it in easy to manage, easy to lift containers so that if they do have to top off, they're not trying to heft something that's way more than anything that they've lifted in a while into a tiny container. That is always very helpful. Yeah. And, uh, and label, like if you're using a sump system, put a clear line on your sump where, yep. where the water should be. If it, if it gets down to your know, color code, if it's at this red level, I'd like you to add water back up to where it gets to this green level. Colors work for people and yes. make it very clear and easy what they need to do and where they need to do things. Don't assume that's how, you know, trouble happens um so make it clear for them yes and then i would say have kind of a, a checklist if you know they come in what do you want them to do is the pump running yes 
Are the lights working? Yes. If it's after, you know, that certain time, if they come in early, maybe the lights don't come on late. Is my skimmer skimming? You know, just quick boom, boom, boom checklist. Feed the fish, uh, whatever the procedure is, but not three pages longhand, <laughs> single spaced. <laughs> I've learned I've gotten a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Because that would just, I would just turn around and go, nice knowing you, Hillary. Uh, <laughs> find, find some other sucker, you know. So, uh, but something like that, a checklist is good. Um, it just makes things simpler and takes all the apprehension out of the, the project. Yep. And then have equipment ready. If, if you know, what, what happens if they do come and there's a dead fish in the tank? What do you want them to do? Uh, if you want them to net that, have the net there. Don't have the net where, you know, where they can't find it. And then what do they do with the dead fish? Uh, have some plastic bags and tell them to put it in the outside trash or, or have some um, tongs or, or large uh, tweezers, whatever, whatever you need. And towels, paper towels, things to clean up yes. um, after they're done. Think about what they're going to go through and what you need them to do and then have everything prepped there. It'll go much smoother. Yep. You know, think, I'm thinking about like things that are prepped too. Like we talked about having stuff set for emergencies. Cause you know, if you've been in the hobby for a while, there's a good chance that you have like a closet full of fish stuff or supplies, you know, maybe go through and clean that and kind of set everything that you might need or that they might need in a bin so that it's organized. So if there is an emergency, you can be like, go to the fish closet and look on like the bottom right side and everything that they'll need will be in that area. Yeah. And as part of that, everything you don't want them to have put somewhere where they can't find it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All those, you know, additives and things that you're putting in drop by drop, they may just pour it in. So put that in a box and tape over it and go, no, don't look in here or something like that. Cause you're asking them to get X and they don't know what X is. So they grab something Hey, you want me to add this stuff that's close enough, you know? It was a white bottle. Yeah, it was white. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so clearly mark things and put off limits where, you know, it's hard to find the things that you definitely don't want them uh, messing yeah. with. I would say fish food also, like if you're, if you're, if you're not feeding beneficial, if you're feeding pellets or something else, maybe put those out of sight, out of mind. I had somebody come take care of my cowfish and they're like, oh, he looked really hungry. I'm like, yeah. no, <laughs> he looks hungry every time you walk by him. He will sucker you for food. I'm like, nope, I'm just going to hide that. I don't need that to be a temptation. Exactly. They, like we, we mentioned earlier, overfeeding is just the number one cause of problems why people are gone. Uh, yes. You know, it just, it looked hungry and well, you know, I kept on feeding and then my kids were here and they wanted to feed and oh, it's no. like, yeah, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. yeah. I would even say like to go as far as leave them a fish net and tell them like, put a timer on your phone. If your fish haven't eaten all of the food and you see like a bunch of stuff floating on the surface or whatever, scoop that out after five minutes. So it doesn't just sit in the tank. Yeah. That might be much, but you know, yeah, it, yeah. I pretty much don't like anybody near a tank with a net. That's that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know what they're going to do. Snag something, knock something over. But uh, no, it it just depends on the person. And then uh, 
you'll you'll have to see. And if you have an auto dosing now, you know how long will auto dosing solutions last? Are they going to last during the time you're gone? Do you need them to refill? Yep. And that means you need to clearly mark. You know, don't don't have you know calcium carbonate liquid or something. Have just a. This is you know solution A, and it goes in this bottle. A, yeah, simple, simple, and this is C. You know, it goes with C and color code and things like that. If you're going to have people refill, because invariably mix-ups happen. Yes, without and, a doubt. Yeah, uh, even amongst professionals, which I'm not, I've sworn to secrecy, so I can't talk anymore about that. But even the <laughs> professionals put wrong solutions in their tanks to devastating consequences because they're not clearly labeled. Yeah. So that means anything that's potentially dangerous. I mean, if you have cleaning solutions, you have chlorine, you just have some really potentially nasty things. Like I said, put those in a box, tape it shut and get it out of the way. Uh, Do not leave that stuff sitting around your tank. No. So, um, and then periodically, I would say, you know, talk to the person, obviously just, and, and pictures, maybe they send you a picture every couple of days of the sump or your tank. And, uh, maybe even before you leave, kind of walk yourself through the steps. What am I going to do here? I need them to feed. Where's the, where's the portions of food. I need them to uh, top off. Where's the water? Don't just throw everything there and make assumptions because that, that just uh, can cause problems. And uh, before you leave, okay, we talked, you need to clean the tank, but also you should make sure everything's topped up. Yes. Uh, You know, tanks topped off, refill solutions are topped off, dosing is topped off. Um, if you're using any probes for your Neptunes or, or different types of things like that, they should all be clean and ready to go. And the system should be clean. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I talk about like doing the water changes and stuff. I, I don't know. Everybody has different setups, but at least for me, when I do my water, I like I make, I've got a big trash can, a brute trash can. That I mix all my water and I've got, you know, the RO line that can be moved and I can fill up my jugs and stuff. So like, I do a water change and I like to make an extra trash can full of water after I've done my water change and have some salt water mixed. Hopefully nothing should ever happen, but you know, it's there if it's needed. Right. Yep. Um, and, and then you should label that water too. Is that the water that you want them to use for topping off? Or is that the water that you do for water changes? And I think having, Asking someone to do a water change on your tank while you're on vacation is pretty big ask. It's a bit much, but (laughs) I'm thinking like if you, if something goes wrong and they end up having to call like a a company or something to come in and be like, look, I've already got water made. Here's the water. You don't have to haul it in. Just please come do a water change and you know, whatever. Yeah. Or if something, I mean, if something goes wrong and, and they have to do something by draining water, uh, 
and that there's water made up that they can they don't have to make up seawater you know especially seawater because that's you know, <laughs> if you've never done it before yeah that could be what do i do <laughs> hydrometer now you've got i got to do a hydrometer i got to get the temperature i got to do this and dissolve this uh, that's just frustrating for everybody yes Gosh, this whole conversation, I'm like, man, I, I feel guilty now ever going out of town and asking anybody to watch my tanks. <laughs> I, you know, it, it doesn't have to be stressful. And, and really, I, my philosophy would be that if you're going out for a weekend, I wouldn't have anybody pop look at your tanks. Yeah, if fish can go for a couple of days, the corals are obviously going to be fine. If it's just a couple of days. Your tank is better off with with nobody uh, messing with it. You know, it's when you get into four or five days a week or, you know, two weeks, then you definitely need someone uh, checking in on it. But if you do these steps we've talked about, make sure it's clean beforehand, lay stuff out, use the beneficial cubes so it's easy to feed, um, then you've really taken a lot of the, the, it's the guesswork, you know, people don't know. Because... Oh, so <laughs> you said guesswork. Bulb, like, oh, we forgot, we forgot to tell people about the gels. <laughs> oh, yeah. Taking out the guesswork. Right. Cause you know, cleaning. So we have the waste away gels. You can add the gels. They should be running them anyways, but change your gel because that's going to help keep things clean. And if they do overfeed or if a fish dies and they don't see it, uh, you know, the bacteria will start taking care of the extra nutrients and the extra waste that's being put in the tank by that. So, yeah. yeah. And you should explain to them what some of that stuff is that it's okay. Uh, you know, that, that stuff is in there. And that's why I've, a pre-trip visit by your uh, friend who's going to take care of the system is important. Exactly. And then a final word based on experience is <laughs> instruct them to not take any initiative on their own. Ooh, that's a good one. And, Always and ask. Of, yeah. You know, please do not, you know, you're, I know you're trying to be helpful. I know you think something's wrong. Cause like think of, think of some fish you might have. Um, if you've got a, a ras, well, ras like to disappear for some, some, you know, day at a time. They like to bury. If this person comes in and they're thinking, well, where's the fish? And what do they do? They start tearing apart the tank, looking for the fish. Oh no. Yeah. You don't want that. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're, they're thinking, well, I gotta, I gotta just, take some initiative here i got to help out because i can't see the fish or this or that or you know this anemone wandered you know over to the other side of the tank two days ago was on the right now it's on the left and people freak out and really stress i appreciate that you want to help but contact me before you do anything absolutely yeah because uh Generally, the initiative someone takes only makes things worse and yes. can end in, end in uh, catastrophic consequences for your tank and their, its inhabitants. So, Because uh, people do want to help and they get uh, worried. So just stress that. Don't yep. worry, you're doing me a favor, but please contact me before you basically put your hands in this tank or do anything other than 
feed and check water levels. Exactly. Exactly. And then try to relax on your vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no, no, the person you've asked is probably not as, as relaxed as you are either. So, about <laughs> you know, unless they're like an aquarium service technician already, I actually lucked out. You know, when I lived in North Carolina, I worked at a store, and when I would go out of town, I would have my friends and coworkers come and check my tank I'm like hey would you mind like on your lunch break stopping by and making sure everything's topped off and that was oh, best yeah. peace of mind i've ever had yeah well there's this uh one big store down in in dallas and they actually provide a service they will come and get your tank and its inhabitants and move it to their shop and it, oh yeah fish sit now, of course, they charge for it, but they'll take the tank, they'll take the inhabitants, set it all back up in their special room, and then when you come back, they'll move it all back in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. That's a little out of my range. but uh, Yeah, I'd say. I've done some pretty crazy stuff taking care of people's fish. I had a coworker once that I just thinking about crazy things that you wouldn't expect. So I'm in Vegas and it gets really hot and they went away. And like the first day that they were away, we had like record high temperatures. And before he left, cause they were expecting it to be cool. He's like, yeah, we turned our air conditioning off. It's only, he's like, it'll only cool to like 85 or something like that. And I kid you not, I would get over to their house to take care of their fish and would have to like, take tank water and freeze it to make ice cubes so that I could keep the water temperature cool enough for this fish. It was the most ridiculous thing that I've probably ever done. So yeah. you know, turn your air conditioning happened. off in Vegas as you go on vacation with a yeah. fish. It doesn't sound right. Yeah. Well I mean I guess if you want to save money you're not gonna be there but oh uh, yeah. <laughs> it was well, an experience. Yeah, you do have a responsibility to the animals that you uh, decide to bring into your home. But, yep. So, and then, you know, that brings up a point. What happens if you've got a chiller system or a heater system if it fails? Yeah. Um, temperature, you know, heaters are probably the number one thing that does fail. Um, do you have a clear uh, one temperature? probe temperature gauge and what are they going to what do you what do you want them to do in the emergency yeah. what do you want them to do think about what could happen and plan that out uh, keep it simple but you could have a kind of a, a flow chart or just these are the steps after you call me this is what i'm going to ask you to do or something like that if you're friendly with a local store in a big emergency can they come over and get your fish out of the tank and you know it, at least that's better than just letting them sit there when you know that it's not going to go well. So, yeah. That's something else yeah. too. I don't know if we said that is, you know, if you do have a local store that you are on good terms with that you're there on a regular basis and they know you maybe leave a number for that store and like who you usually talk to that like, if there's an emergency, they can't get a hold of you or, you know, if they, you need them to take your fish that they know who to call. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think that's been pretty, we've covered the basic steps, Hillary. And uh, the main thing is pre-planning. That's really what it comes down to is just pre-planning. Exactly. Now, 
I'm, I'm kind of nervous to say this, but I'm curious. I want to hear some of these crazy stories. Have you had to freeze ice cubes or freeze, take water to make ice cubes for your fish or, you know, any sort of crazy experiences you've had when you've gone away? I think we can do a giveaway or like a sweat, like share like a crazy story and we'll, we can send you a swag pack. Yeah. Share your crazy stories of what happened when you went on vacation or when you were asked, because that's the other thing. Ah, you, my buddy's a fish guy. He'll keep care of my tank. And you were asked to keep care of someone's tank. We'd like to hear those and we'll uh, pick some yeah. people at random and send them out some of the Dr. Tim swag. Yeah. So send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. If you've got some of those stories, we would love to hear them. All right, everyone. And do have fun on your vacation. We all have earned a nice vacation after what's happened in the last year or so and uh, be safe.